0: give you a minute to find it and give me a minute to see it. <laughs> All right, Psalm 46. <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is God's word.
1: Uh, Jono is going to be preaching for us uh, this morning. Unfortunately, though, the uh, Squires are in isolation again, so he's going to be doing uh, his preaching via Zoom. So, Jono, are you there? I am, Mick. How are you going? Good. How are you going? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. How's the family going? Yeah, no, we're going okay. Um, Matthew's turn uh, this time. Um, thankfully, he's, uh, he's recovering um, pretty well. Um, just got a rotten sore throat, but um, otherwise he's um, he's okay. But yeah, no, we're we're all uh, going well. We're sort of working out how to how to live life in in iso. Mm. Uh, fortunately, Jenny doesn't need to be in isolation. Um, that's the, the the gift of um, of having COVID is that uh, yeah, I've got 28 days of freedom from iso, so uh, she's able to to run errands for us, which is You're great.
0: Right. What a gift
1: that is. I'm going to uh, hand it over to you. Thanks, thanks, Vic. Well, um. Good morning, everyone. It is uh, good to connect uh, with you in this way. It is uh, a little bit strange, um, but it, it really has been uh, quite, a, um, quite a week, hasn't it? Um, I expect that, that most of you uh, would, would have heard, although uh, perhaps some haven't, uh, of the accident last Tuesday involving uh, Lockie Alden, who's a 13-year-old boy from our uh, Gledwood Hills congregation. Uh, he was hit by a vehicle while he was riding his bike and it uh, has left him with uh, significant injuries to his legs. Um, he's in hospital facing further surgery um, to, to amputate his, his lower right leg and um, to receive grafts to, to rebuild his left leg. So it's a, a hard road ahead uh, for Lockie and his family, but um, but the long-term outlook looks positive. Uh, he's assured he'll be able to, to run and jump and swim and ride and drive and do all the things that, uh, that he loves to do. Um, that obviously, it's a, it's a massive and traumatic upheaval for Lockie and for his family. But really, considering the, the nature of the accident, it is, it is quite miraculous that he is alive and is uh, otherwise uninjured. Uh, God has preserved Lockie's life and is carrying him through this, this awful ordeal. Um, A bunch of us gathered on Zoom last Thursday night to pray, and uh, I was surprised to see Lockie join the Zoom call uh, from his hospital bed just hours after coming out of surgery, and uh, he's uh, handling things um, remarkably well. And I know that Steve and Mel, his parents and the family, are very thankful for for the love and the support and the prayers of many people across our church family, and I know that that will uh, continue in the months ahead. Uh, it really is an awful thing, um, awful for us all in, in all sorts of ways. And I guess it painfully uh, reminds us that, that we are all so vulnerable. We, we live in this fallen world with injuries, with pain and sickness and suffering, uh, which I guess is something that, um, that we've all become a lot more conscious of in, in recent months and years. We've, we've all become a lot more conscious of, of safety concerns uh, more so than than we used to be. Uh, it, it really is strange times that we're living in. I mean, if you told me two years ago that I'd be preaching from my study to a semi-gathered, semi-scattered church, I I would have struggled to believe you. And yet here we are. We are in strange times. Uh, we are a, a lot more safety conscious than we used to be. I noticed something over the the New Year period that the uh, the greeting that people exchange at New Year's has changed once upon a time you'd say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or I wish you happiness and prosperity for the new year but that uh, has seemingly changed and so where we once wished for happiness well we now wish for for what For safety being safe wishing you safety for the new year Um, now um, by all means please pray for my safety. I'm happy for you to do that. Uh, But it is interesting that safety has been elevated to such a a prominent place in our thinking, in in our culture, really. Uh, Now, perhaps it's because the the world has genuinely become a more dangerous place, uh, or perhaps we've just been kind of shaken out of our complacency and our, our Western affluent illusion that we're secure and that we're in control of everything. Maybe we've just realized uh, more acutely that actually we face real threats and dangers and and troubles of of many kinds, uh, whether they're health or relational or financial or or spiritual, uh, not to mention the the threats on a wider scale like uh, volcanoes blowing up and causing tsunamis. We face all sorts of threats and dangers and troubles. And we ask, well, how can we be secure? How can we be safe from the the things that that may trouble or harm us? How can we be secure? The psalm before us this morning addresses this question of of trouble and security and uh, and how God relates to this. And so I want want us to look this morning at Psalm 46 and to see what is it that God has to say to us. Uh, This is a a well-known psalm. Uh, Perhaps it's uh, best known because of the hymn that is is sung with these words, which is probably familiar to to many people my age and and older. Uh, It's a great psalm that speaks of the security that is found in God. And there's uh, there's three sections to it, uh, verses 1 to 3, verses 4 to 7, and verses 8 to 11, uh, with a refrain or or a chorus repeated at the end of the second and third sections in verses 7 and verse 11. It says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, for Israel, in in times of of turmoil and distress, this psalm was a a great comfort, a great reminder, and something to to refocus them. And I pray that, that it will be this for us also this morning, that it will remind us, comfort us, and refocus us. So let's have a look at Psalm 46. Uh, The first section speaks of how God is our refuge amongst turmoil. So, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. Now, what sort of trouble is this talking about? Well, verse 2 speaks of of the earth giving way, of mountains falling into the heart of the sea. Verse 3 speaks of the, the waters roaring and foaming, the mountains quaking with their surging the picture here is one of uh, a natural disaster of earthquake of, of violent seas you go down a few verses uh, and the image shifts it changes to verse six speaks of nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall and and in verse nine it speaks of war and and the bow and the spear and shield So the question for us is, is this trouble that Israel faces, is it the threat of natural disasters or is it the threat of of war, of attack from other nations? Perhaps it's both. Or perhaps the the natural disasters are are metaphors for the the very real threat of other nations and the warfare from them. It's interesting that it uses uh, the same language to describe both threats. And so verse 3 uh, it says the waters roar and foam, parallel with verse 6, where nations are in uproar. It's the, the same word is used there. Uh, in verse 2, it says the earth uh, gives way, the mountains fall. In verse 6, its kingdoms fall. Same word is used. And so the picture there is, is one of, of turmoil, of threat, of, of trouble. And the message of the psalm amidst that trouble is that God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble God shelters he protects he strengthens he delivers he helps his people he's not he's not absent he's not at a distance he's he's ever-present as the refrain says in verse 7 and verse 11 the Lord almighty is with us as we face trouble turmoil in this fallen world in which we live, this world in rebellion against its creator. We can take great comfort in knowing that God is with us, that he strengthens us, he provides a refuge uh, for us. The second section, it shifts from from the turmoil of the roaring seas, the quaking mountains, to, to the peace and security of the city of God. verse 4 says, there is a a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Now, for Israel, Jerusalem was the the holy place, and within the holy place was the temple. That was the place where God, the Most High, dwelt with his people. God was with them. God protected them. As verse 5 says, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. And so in the face of uh, the threat of, of the roaring nations, of, of verse 6, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, and this picture of, of threat, of turmoil, in, in the face of that, God defends and, and fights for his people. But he doesn't notice, not with, not with chariots and armies and soldiers, but verse 6 continues, he lifts his voice, and the earth melts. He he simply speaks. The, The Lord speaks, and the earth gives way. That is incredible power. I mean, if I speak, sometimes things happen. I mean, if I say, I want a glass of water, look, it is possible that in about 30 seconds' time, someone uh, from my family will bring me a glass of water, just depending on whether they're so inclined. Uh, but really, that's the extent of my power. But the Lord God Almighty, He speaks with ultimate power. He he brought this world into existence by his powerful word. He, he continues to sustain and govern and judge this world by that same powerful word. Such is his power. That's the power of the God who is with his people as their refuge and strength. Well, the third section shifts from defence to offence. God God takes action to to stop the nations and to judge the nations, and and yet through his judgement he brings peace. This is a a peace offensive. Look at verse 8. It says, come and see what the Lord has done, the the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In the face of a world that uh, that shakes its angry fist at God and and his people, the Lord stands and, and brings the uproar to an end. Bow, spear, shield are done away with. And then he speaks. He says, verse ten: "Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth." Now, this verse is quite uh, it's quite famous, and uh, I, I think it's famously misused to encourage people in the in the practice of quiet meditation, to to draw aside from the busyness of life, and to to be still and to reflect on the fact that, that God is God. Now, that may be a a, a very good thing to do, but I don't think that's what Psalm 46 is is talking about or calling on us to do. No, this is saying that that in the face of of nations rising up against God, in the face of a world in, in turmoil, threatening God and his people, God speaks and says to this broken, rebellious world, stop, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is what verse 6 says. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. This is God with his people. God as their fortress. As the refrain concludes, the Lord Almighty is with us. So the God of Jacob is our fortress. This is God with, with Israel. Helping them, delivering them, saving them from their enemies. But friends, this this psalm is for us too. Uh, this is fulfilled in Christ, and as we remember just a few weeks ago at Christmas time, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, our ever-present help. He is the one who stood amidst the the roaring seas and said, "Be still," and it was still. And his disciples fell before him and acknowledged him as God. He is our refuge and strength in trouble. Uh, God may or may not deliver us from various particular troubles that we face in this world. He doesn't promise us a a trouble-free life now. But if our trust is in Jesus, our divine king, then he does promise to be with us to deliver us from death and judgment and to keep us amidst the turmoil of this turmoil of this life to keep us secure in the love of Christ as uh, that equally famous passage in Romans chapter 8 says who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or, or nakedness or danger or sword is in Christ, God has taken action to secure us, to be our refuge, to be our strength, our eternally present help in the face of trouble. Trouble such as as sickness, as anxiety, as pain, as grief, as conflict, as stress. I mean, all those things are symptoms of of a rebellious world that is broken and dying. But it's not a world that, that God has left to the rubbish heap. It's a world that God has come to, has has come to to deal with, has come to sort out, has has come to save, come as as God, as our refuge, our strength, our help, our fortress for all who trust in him. He is that. He is that to us if we put our trust in him. We still face sickness, grief, conflict, pain, But he is with us. He is helping us. He is strengthening us. He is ultimately delivering us in his eternal kingdom. God may choose to to spare us from those things now, or he may not. Whichever, we can know with the certainty of Christ's death and resurrection that he will one day deliver us from judgment and deliver us once and for all from all suffering in his eternal kingdom. God is our refuge our strength. So therefore, therefore what? Well, therefore, verse 2, we will not fear. The fact that God is our refuge drives out fear. For Israel facing the threat of the surrounding nations, for us facing the threat of, of sin and a world turned against God, a world full of brokenness and sickness and death, The fact that that God is with us as our refuge as our fortress it means that we we need not fear as it says in in 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 speaking of God's love there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble therefore we will not fear Nothing is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, because one day he will take us to be with him in the new city of God, the the heavenly Jerusalem, whereas Revelation 21 says there will be no, no longer be any sea where God's dwelling place will be with us, his people, where we will be his people and God himself will be with us as our God. That's the security which we find in God. And so, as Psalm 46 says, be still, know and acknowledge God as God. Don't, don't rise up against Him, don't resist Him, don't ignore Him, don't acknowledge Him as God. Trust Him as God and rest in Him, knowing that the Lord Almighty is with us, that the God of Jacob is in our fortress. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this reminder of of who you are, that you are God. Our Father, we ask that you would be acknowledged and exalted as God in our lives and the lives of, of our church, of our community, of people throughout this world. Our Father, we thank you for the salvation and refuge that you provide for us. And we thank you that because you are our refuge, therefore we need not fear. Father, please help us in this life with its challenges, with its griefs, with its heartaches and troubles. Please help us to face a trusting in you as our refuge, our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Help us to do that now and forever. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good to see you guys.
0: Well, see you. And I hope to see you soon. I'll head back to Nick.